0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers, produced in partnership with the Ann Arbor District Library. From Matthew Desmond, a Harvard sociologist and MacArthur genius, comes a landmark work of scholarship that will forever change the way we look at poverty in America. Matthew Desmond's new book, a New York Times bestseller, is Evicted, Poverty and Profit in the American City. In this brilliant and heartbreaking book, Desmond takes us into the poorest neighborhoods of Milwaukee to tell the story of several families living on the edge. Arlene is a single mother trying to raise her two sons on the $20 a month she has left after paying for her rundown apartment. Scott is a gentle nurse who's consumed by a heroin addiction. Lamar, a man with no legs and a neighborhood full of boys to look after, tries to work his way out of debt. All are spending almost everything they have on rent, and all have fallen behind. The fates of these families are in the hands of two landlords. One is a former schoolteacher turned inner-city entrepreneur, and the other one runs one of the worst trailer parks in Milwaukee. They loathe some of their tenants and are fond of others, but as one of the landlords puts it, love don't pay the bills. Even in the most desolate areas of America, evictions used to be rare, but today most poor renting families are spending more than half of their income on housing, and eviction has become ordinary, especially for single mothers. In Vivid Prose, Desmond provides a ground-level view of one of the most urgent issues facing America today. When I interviewed Matthew Desmond, I began by asking him what made him write this book about the eviction crisis in America and why he focused specifically on the city of Milwaukee.
1: Well, I mean, the book, because, you know, America is unmatched for the depth and expanse of its poverty. And that's something that I've always, um, that's always confused me, it's always disturbed me. And I wanted to really understand how housing plays a role in deepening poverty in america today now why milwaukee and i think that you know that question is about um kind of speaks to my effort to try to write a book about a larger american experience you know and i think that you write about milwaukee you have a better chance at representing the experiences of families in cleveland and detroit and kansas city than you do if you if you write uh, about a city on the coast however important uh, those cities are
0: how long has it, this issue with eviction been so so major in the. US? You write that the evictions used to be quite rare at one time here in the USA.
1: That's the impression you get when you read accounts from the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties of evictions, you know. There are accounts in the New York Times, you know, in the nineteen thirties that say, uh, because of the cold only a thousand people, you know, came out to protest, you know, three evictions in the Bronx. Evictions used to scandalize us. They used to be rare. But times have changed. Now eviction is frankly commonplace uh, in, in poor neighborhoods.
0: Tell us about the research that you did. How did you go about gathering this information? You you really put yourself into the community in Milwaukee. How how long were you there, and where did you where were you living yourself to to do the research for the book?
1: I started out by moving into to a trailer park, and I rented a trailer and I lived there for about five months. And then I rented a room in the inner city, and I lived there for about 10 months. And from those two neighborhoods, you know, followed families that were getting evicted from their homes and also landlords that were doing the evicting. I really wanted to understand their perspectives, too. So I went to court with families. I followed them to abandoned houses and shelters, watched their kids, slept at their homes, ate uh, ate around their table. I went to funerals with them. I was even at a birth and tried to just deeply embed myself into their lives, and then on the other side of things, I wanted to understand what makes landlords tick. You know, why do they buy here or there? Why do they evict you but not me? And it followed them around, too, as they went around the business of property management. That was kind of the groundwork you know, for evicted. Uh, and then I found myself needing answers to very basic questions, like how often does eviction happen? Uh, who gets evicted? What are the long-term consequences of it? Those are questions that you need uh, bigger data to answer. So I did things like collect hundreds of thousands of eviction records, surveyed over a thousand renters in Milwaukee, uh, analyzed millions of 911 calls, and kind of put all that information together uh, in a book that I I hope tells a different story uh, about poverty in America.
0: It's so shattering and and so sad to read about some the the families who are struggling, barely able to make their their monthly rent, and they're left with just literally a a, a handful, a fistful of dollars to try to survive the rest of the month. They're devoting sixty, seventy, eighty percent or more even of their income to to just paying the rent. It's 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 really shattering and, and distressing to see families pinch pennies and, and make these gut-wrenching decisions to, to just survive. How, how big of a and broad of a problem is, is eviction? Is it affecting mostly the African-American community of Milwaukee and other similar cities like Detroit, or is it broader than that?
1: It does have a disproportionate effect on low-income communities of color, but it is broader than that. All across the United States, about one in five of all renters, no matter their uh, their uh, economic um, status, one in five of all renting households uh, pay at least 50% of their income on housing. You know, we as a nation have long believed that families should pay no more than 30% of their income on uh, on housing costs. Right. But, but that has changed, you know, and we've, we've reached the point in this country where now the majority of poor renting families are spending at least half of their income on housing. And one in four are spending over 70% on rent and, and utilities. And under those circumstances, eviction um, is easy. You know, eviction becomes something that's almost inevitable. And you write about these terrible uh, choices that families are confronting. I'm thinking of, of, you know, my neighbor Lorraine in the trailer park, who was a grandmother that was paying over 70% of her income Rent a really uh, shabby trailer, and um, and she had to decide. You know, should I pay the rent or turn the heat back on? Yeah. You know, um, I remember uh, Arlene, who I met in the inner city, who was paying 80 percent of her income on housing and trying to raise two boys under that that excruciating condition. And for her, the smallest misstep could invite eviction. And so, you know, we have to fix housing uh, if we want to fix poverty.
0: introduce uh, introduce us to the two landlords in the book. Landlords have issues too, don't they? And you, and you, you make them human in this book, which is probably pretty difficult for some people to believe. It's complicated. You yeah. Know,
1: and we let ourselves out the hook, I feel, if we say, oh, these tenants, they're just irresponsible. Or, you know, oh, these landlords, they're just greedy. And I think that when you get down uh, on the ground and take a look at the problem, uh, it's much more complicated than that. So, you know, landlords often uh, have a very hard time evicting families. They don't want to do it. Sometimes. Um, it breaks our heart. You know, Sharina uh, had to evict a man named Lamar, you know, in the book. And Lamar was a single dad uh, that was in a wheelchair. And, you know, she told her husband, you know, I love Lamar, but love don't pay the bills. And so we see landlords do things like give tenants breaks, lend them money for funerals, buy them groceries. But we also see them evict a tenant because they reported housing problems. Uh, We see them evict certain kinds of tenants, like those with kids uh, over other kinds. And so... It's it's very complicated, and I think that the the harder conversation, the more important conversation, really has to look that complicated situation in the face.
0: What what are your thoughts on trying to improve the eviction solution situation? You talk about this uh, in, in the book. What what are what are some of the solutions for for this problem that that you are thinking of?
1: You know, low-income families are spending so much of their income on housing today because most of those families don't receive a penny. Of aid, any kind of aid uh, to help them with their housing costs. And so, a lot of us that don't live in trailer parks or don't live in the inner city, uh, we might still think that the typical low income family benefits in some way uh, from housing assistance or lives in public housing. But the opposite is true. The opposite is true. Only about one in four families who qualify for any kind of housing assistance receive it, which is a situation that would be pretty unthinkable with things like food stamps or other basic necessities. Uh, But that's exactly how we treat housing. And in some of our biggest cities, like Washington, D.C., the waiting list for public housing is not counted in years. It's counted in decades. Mm. And so under those conditions, you know, you have moms like Arlene that just struggle to give their kids enough to eat, you know, because the rent eats first. And we have to do something major about this problem. And so the good news, though, the good news is that we've already made a lot of good steps in the right direction, and we have programs that work. So we have a, a housing voucher program, for example. Which, if you know um, Arlene got that voucher instead of paying eighty percent of her income to rent, she 'd pay thirty percent, and uh, her kids would become stronger, less anemic, she could invest in her community in her neighborhood, she could stay put, she could use that extra money um, to start a savings account, you know, maybe take night classes. that kind of thing would fundamentally change the face of poverty in America. It already does for the families that receive it. We just need to make that bigger. We need to make that a universal housing program. I think that's well within our capacity to do, and I think that it would um,
0: drive down homelessness and hopefully make evictions rare again. Thanks for listening to Martin Bandike Undercovers and our interview with Matthew Desmond about his new book, Evicted, Poverty and Profit in the American City. This has been a presentation of the Ann Arbor District Library. I uh, that way, home afflicted.